it's crazy because because of what I'm going to be going over today is kind of the way this week played out. It just reiterates how God works through prayer, and and uh, I actually agreed to it, and I'm thankful I'm able to here to do it. But I just got to tell you how it all went down. He texted me that day, and I, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do that. I've gave my testimony before, but I've never preached or 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 just spoke in front of the church, and I've always been nervous about that. Uh, but as God's been working through me through the past few years, I've gotten. I think he's uh, delivered me from it, and, and, and it's, it's getting easier and easier, and, and I encourage anybody, uh, everybody, to uh, continue to pray for that, for me and yourselves. Uh, don't ever be hesitant to give your testimony or, or share the gospel, because that's what we're called to do. We're not called. I, I say we're not called. We're commanded to do that. Uh, but this week, it's, it's kind of crazy, because I, I tell everybody I never get sick. I, I got this little drink I drink. It's apple cider vinegar and honey, and I drink about every other night. And my wife can tell you, I, I, I very rarely get sick. But Tuesday, I came down with a bad uh, cold. Don't know where I even got it from, sciences or whatever. Uh, nose was running all day. And through uh, a, a, a couple of days later, Thursday, I got up and I tried to talk. And I didn't have any voice. And uh, I said, oh, gosh. I said, what am I going to do? I said, as soon as I text Jeremy and tell him, he's going to think I'm just backing out. So, uh I told Kim about it, and she said, well, you know, just be in prayer. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to pray for that or not. I don't know if I'm comfortable up there speaking, so I'm going to leave that up to Jeremy. But <laughs> uh, Thursday, like I said, I, I couldn't. Uh, the harder I tried to talk, the less I could talk, like the less, less you could hear my voice. And I was in uh, I was in Scriven County Friday over there. I, I, I work over there sometimes, and I was over there Friday and walked in office and, and Secretary Caroline, she said, what's wrong, what's wrong with you? I can't even, what, what, your voice is gone. I said, I know. I said, and I'm supposed to preach something. I said, I don't, I don't want to do this. So be in prayer for that. And I'm telling everybody to be in prayer, but I'm not praying for it because I, don't, I just didn't feel adequate enough to, to get up here and do this today. But I'm here. If you can hear me, praise God uh, because, because he, he delivered me from that. I, I, I give God all the glory for that, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but we're going to be reading out of Acts chapter 12 today. If you got your Bibles, uh, give you a minute to get to, get to that. I got. I just got to. I just want to give a, a praise to the praise team because I, I just that, that. I don't know which song it was, but that second song it just really had me pumped up. I, I say all the time. I, I feel like Ric Flair. I want to get here and run and shout and, and just praise. But I, I, I really get like that sometimes. So if I get to moving around, it's just because I'm getting worked up and and I just. I got to be honest. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just working. And I I, I see people's face coming here this morning. And I see the smiles and I see the hugs and the handshakes and. And God is awesome. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be here today if somebody didn't pray for me. I mean, I am a testimony by me standing up here today. And, uh, you know, what are we going to be talking about today in Acts chapter 12? It, it, it's prayer. Uh, how's your prayer life? I mean, do you pray earnestly? Do you, do you pray uh, wholeheartedly when you pray? Do you pray just, uh, you know, just out of habit? I know we do a lot of things out of habit today. We come to church out of habit, but uh, I just want to be, I want to talk about prayer today in Acts chapter 12, and I'm going to do my best to read through this without messing up any of the words. See, I'll just, uh, just be with me. We'll pray for me on that, please. All right, in, in Acts chapter 12, it says, it's about this time, King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. Intending to persecute them, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. 
When he, saw that, when he saw that this met the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. And this is, to me, the next verse is, is really kind of keys in on what we're talking about. In verse 5 it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly, earnestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's like I want to say it so many times, earnestly, earnestly praying to God for him. And I got, when I read over the scripture for this week trying to prepare, one of the things that come first to my mind in my life is the things that I feel like God has delivered me out of or has protected me. Uh, I, 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 I was raised up. My mother and father loved me. And I mean, I'm going to share some of my testimony uh, with, with this. But I was born with an uh, umbilical cord around my neck, choking when I, at birth. Uh, growing up, we just, uh, we was real rough, done a lot of stupid things, uh, ride four-wheelers, climb up top of a tree and then cut the bottom down and ride it down. Uh, Ride bicycles down hills without any brakes on the bikes. There's a lot of, a lot of, I would say, stupid stuff. It was fun, but looking back now, I believe somebody was praying for me growing up. And like I said earlier, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that somebody was praying for me continuously, or I wouldn't be here now. You know, standing up, spreading the gospel to you. Uh, I can remember back. I told him I'm gonna share this, and and y'all don't, don't think bad of me. But this is just a real life uh, occasion. Because I, I struggled with alcohol for a long time, uh, from like 17 up to about 23, 24 years old. And I can remember, if anybody in Midland, Jenkins County knows where Paramo Hill, uh, right down from where the forest unit is where I work, there's a big hill there. And I can remember drinking one day, and I got really upset. Something, something didn't go right. And uh, I got in my truck. I was, I was the type, when I get to drinking, I get in my truck, just get out of the way. I'm going to do what I want to do. And... Uh, I got in my truck and I backed up that hill on the wrong side of the highway. And thinking about that now, that was as close, as, I was almost like putting a gun to my head and pulling the trigger like rushing roulette. I mean, I, a, a vehicle could have came over the top of that hill and it would have probably killed me and whoever was in the other vehicle. And I just look back in that, look at, looking back at that now, I feel like, you know, God had his hand. He was protecting me the whole time. As stupid as I was and as awesome as I was, he still, he had a plan for my future. He, you know, like I said earlier, somebody was praying for me through all this. And uh, I want to challenge the church. In verse 5, it says, earnestly praying to God for him. I want to challenge everybody in here about prayer. Take prayer seriously. I mean, we, we, I think we got so much in life. We're so, we're so blessed in the United States we take everything that we have for granted. I heard a sermon one time, I think it was David Jeremiah, he was talking about, you should, be blessed, you should be praying over a glass of water. You should be giving God thanks that you have running water in your house. You should be giving God thanks for, for the roof on your head, whether you don't like the house you're living in or you don't like the job you got. You should be giving God thanks that you got a job because there's some people that can't even get out of bed in the morning times to, 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 to make a meal. I mean, it, we're, we're just so blessed and, and I want to, when I'm bringing this message, I, want, that's, I guess that's what God really is speaking to me. We got to be intentional with our prayers. We, we, uh, we got to make it 
I don't want to say make it a checklist because then it turns into a checklist, but you need to be talking to God. And that's the way that we can talk to God is through prayer and making time to go pray. I know a lot of times I, I complain that I don't have time. I got two kids. My wife works. I work. Uh, it's like my jobs uh, can be uh, laid back at times, but then a lot of times I feel like I'm working 24-7. And I feel like a lot of times I, I make this cheese. Well, I just ain't got time to do that. But well, God made time for us when he got on the cross. I mean, is that really an excuse? I mean, I don't feel like it is. I know we all do it, and I do it myself. I'm, I'm preaching to myself when I say this here, but we've got to make time for prayer. You know, we've got to make time to spend time with God. A lot of times I think we get in there and we try to pray and we feel like God's not listening to us. You know, we, we, you know it just it feels like it's not clicking. But it is clicking, you just don't realize it. It is clicking. Uh, but make the time for prayer. And, and like Peter, you know, I want you to think about this also. Peter, Peter at this time, Herod, was... Uh, was trying to persecute Christians and, and uh, he had already beheaded James or, or uh, I think James was the first one martyred out in the apostles. So uh, Peter was, a, was in a pretty hopeless place at that moment. I think he had 16 soldiers guarding him. He was bound in chains. He was locked up. They, and I think he had two soldiers beside him. I mean, that's a hopeless place. He knew He knew they were out to get him. But why so many times do we wait till we're in a hopeless place before we start praying? How many times has God got to put us down here to, so we can turn to him and get back up here? You know, we got to rely on God in the bad times and the good times. I can think about a hopeless place. Like I said before, I'm going to share some of my life experiences because it's just the truth. Uh, about... I'm not good with dates. I'm not good with time, so you're just going to bear with me. But a few years back, my little boy Cole, he had a he had an issue. It just like it popped up. He he went to go use the bathroom one morning, and uh, he couldn't he couldn't go to the bathroom. He said it was hurting him. So, like how I was raised, you'll be all right. Go drink some water and flush your kidneys out. Drink some lemon water. You just you'll be all right. And I didn't think anything about it. And uh, another day went by, and and. Uh, you know, we were thinking he got just something from taking a bath. Uh, another, another day went by, like I said, and, and it wouldn't get any better. And my wife, she said, we need, to, we need to call the doctor. We need to see what's going on. He may have something going on. So we took him to his pediatrician in Statesboro, and she said, it's probably just a soap irritation. He's going to be fine. You know, just go home and continue to flush him with water. So I was like, yeah, I was right. But... Uh, so we brought him home, and we, we continued to try to just, you know, just thinking that he just had a little infection. And the next day, it was worse. So uh, we went back to the pediatrician in Statesboro, and she felt like he needed to go to a specialist. We went to a specialist in Savannah, and that led to some scans. And I'm sitting there in the doctor's office when the doctor comes back in the office, and me and Kim's, we're praying. And... Uh, the doctor comes back in, and I was like, you're going to have to listen to him because I don't know what he's talking. I don't understand all that doctor, you know, language. I said, uh, tell me what, what he says. And he came back in there, and he was saying that there was a mass on his kidneys. And I was still thinking he was good. I just, it was just a little infection or something. But he said the word oncologist. And 
I know, I'm, I, know I sound dumb, but just, just be with me, but I didn't know what oncologist meant. And, uh, you know, he said we need to have some more tests run. So uh, Kim looked at me when he walked out, and she said, she said, this ain't good. This ain't good. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said oncologist means he, he could have cancer. So saying all that to say this, that was probably... I'm trying to say it without crying. I'm trying to tell you all this without crying. But that was my most hopeless moment in my life. When my son, he was six years old, I think, at the time. I can, I can read all the scripture. I, I can read all the scripture out of the book. But I'm telling you what happened to me. My son, I thought, had cancer. And I'm a pretty strong guy. I, can, I feel like I can pick up, throw anything, do anything that, that, that I put my mind to. But I didn't know what to do. And uh, <clears throat> I could not walk out the uh, I could not walk out of the doctor's office that day without crying. Uh, I had to walk in front of him because he didn't even know what was going. on. I had to walk out in front of him to uh, I didn't want him to see me crying for something he was having to go through. And I remember <clears throat> we got home that night and uh, I got in the shower. It was just it was all seemed like a blur because I didn't really think it was happening, but it was and and. Uh, I got in the shower. I feel like a lot of times I get in the shower and I can just talk to God. I don't, I don't know what it is, but about a shower, but the water, whatever. But I remember just, you know, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't quit crying. I couldn't quit crying. It was just pouring out. I was like, I can't let her see me like this. I can't let Cole see me like this. I can't let River see me like this. So I got out of the shower. I didn't even say anything. I put my clothes on. I walked outside, and I, and like I took 15 or 20 steps, and I just fell, you know, I fell on my knees, and I was like, God, I can't do this. I cannot do this on my own. I don't know what to tell my son. I don't know how to tell him it's going to be okay. I don't know how to, how to toughen him up, or I don't know how to tell my wife it's going to be okay. But I said, God, if you'll deliver this for me, if, if, you'll, if you'll take this from my child, I will do anything that you want me to do. I'll run through the gates of hell and kick Satan in his face. I'll do anything you want me to do. God, I give it all to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I prayed that prayer that night in my driveway, and that was the changing point of my life. That was the changing point of my life where Christ, he, he grabbed me like, like, you, like you would grab your child when he's acting up in, in the restaurant. Like he grabbed me, and you know, it, it, was, it was just a changing point of my life. That was my salvation point. I went to church my whole life, well, my, not my whole life. I went to church growing up, but that's when Jesus really, he got my heart. And you know, after that night, it was like I got this piece, y'all. I just, uh, I just knew he was gonna be okay. We went back for a follow-up checkup, and we had some surgery set up, and they went in to do the surgery, and the mass was gone. The mass was gone, and praise God, give God all the glory for that because that's truly what I believe happened. Uh, he he took he took that away from my child, and like I said, that's another reason. That's another. That's, that was, I, I told Kim, I said, I'm not going to live my life the same as I was living before this point. I said, I, I, I want to live for Christ. I'm, I'm going I'm gonna to live for Christ. I don't have, like, I'm uncomfortable up here right now, but I'm going to do it because I'm, it's part of God's will. I'm not going to sit down in a, in a chair and, and not be obedient to God. I'm not going to not share the gospel when God tells me to share the gospel. I'm not going to not pray if God's telling me to pray. I mean, we got to be like that. We got to be... I know it's hard sometimes. I know we get caught up in, in, uh, in pride. 
or inadequacy. We, uh, a lot of times I felt like I could not pray the right prayer. I wanted it to sound so good. I wanted it to, I wanted it to be right. But, you know, the more I've learned, the, I, I can pray now, and it's just like God just, it just words that come out of my mouth, and it's, not, it's like I'm not even talking anymore. Praise God for that. Praise God for that because I can't do it on my own. I couldn't be up here standing in front of y'all speaking these words without Christ working through me. I just couldn't do it. Uh, I'm going to continue to read on. I'm sorry I got off. It's just I told Jimmy, I said, man, I don't have outlines and bulletins, and, and, and I just don't work like that. It's just going to have to come how it comes, so I'm going to continue on. Uh, verse 6, it says, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. I mean, this goes back to what I was saying. He, 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 he was in a hopeless, hopeless situation and uh, totally, totally dependent on God. And, and with all this going on, you know, I want to go back to verse 5. I'm, I'm going to continue to go back to verse 5 because it says, The church was earnestly praying for God, praying to God for him. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and wrap, the, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him, Peter, follow him out of the prison, but he had no idea that the angel was doing what the angel was doing was really happening. How many times? How many, uh, just, that just came to me. How many times we pray for things and God's delivering these things and we don't even realize it? We think we're doing it on our own. I got this. Everything's going good. We got it, don't we? We got it, man. I got it. I don't. I don't. Right now, I don't need God because everything's going good. We we we. We, we have a generation, we all complain about this, 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 this generation coming up now, how, how everything's turning, how everybody's turning from God. But have we prayed for our children? Have we prayed for the school system? Have we prayed for the government, the next governor? Have we prayed for the president? Have we prayed? I mean, it all needs to go through God. I mean, before we walk out the door in the morning time, I can't tell you how many times that my day would just be all jacked up because I didn't go to God first. You know, I didn't, I didn't, and it's, you, you're putting yourself, you're right there, you're just talking with God. And, he, and, you know, sometimes, like I say, you feel like he's not talking back, but he is because you're in that presence. You're right there with him, you know, and, and just speaking, speaking the name of Jesus Christ, there's power in that. You got to remember that. There's power in his word. Even when you open your Bible, you read your Bible, there's power in the Word. I, I told Jim, I said, I'm just, just going to read verses because there ain't no power in my Word, but there's power in His Word. In verse 10, it says, They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened up for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, so, suddenly the angel left them. And and. I circled suddenly the angel left him. I think a lot of times, you know, we 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 pray, pray, we pray our prayers and we ask things and and you know, like I said earlier, it, it turns sometimes into a wish list and then, you know, I feel like God answers prayers a lot of times and we don't realize it, but when he does answer prayers, he's lifting us up. He's lifting us up. And sometimes I feel like he's lifting us up. He's got us back on our feet and he wants to let us walk on our own a little bit then. You know, he's not he's not leaving us, but he's kind of letting us walk on our own and, and trusting in him. We've got to continue to trust in him. 
Back to verse 5. I missed something. I wanted to, I wanted to share this. I, I read one trans, translation about the church when, when uh, talking about Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. I read one translation. It says 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day, someone was praying for Peter to be set free on home. 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. Somebody was praying for Peter 24 hours a day. Think about that. I read a, I read a, uh, I just Googled it. You know, Google knows everything. I, I read a little a statistic where it says uh, the generation of kids, teenagers nowadays, spend 10 hours on the Internet a day. 10 hours. 10 hours a day, and we can't pray to God for 30 minutes? 10 hours. That don't even make sense to me anymore. 10 hours? They need to get a job. <laughs> Verse 11, then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Without a doubt. How many times do we doubt God? How many times do we pray for things and things are delivered from us? Sicknesses are healed. Um, jobs are obtained. The bank account suddenly gets an increase. But we always go back to we've done it on our own. We always doubt that it came from God, I feel like. We always doubt we always doubt. Um, right after Cole, Cole's ordeal, it's uh, the next the next year. I was saying good with dates. Uh, Kim was playing baseball. Uh, we, we was doing the baseball thing with, with River and travel ball and going a lot and and eating out all the time and and. Uh, she started having a lot of pains in her stomach. And I told her, I said, you'll be all right. You ate something wrong. And we, we uh, I think it was July. It was in July. She she said, I got something wrong. I got to go to the doctor. And I think it was July 4th weekend. We uh, we went to the emergency room here in Jenkins County. And uh, I can't even remember what they told her was wrong with her. But it, it wasn't, wasn't a very serious issue at that time. And. And it didn't get any better, so we went to a, we kept we went to two or three other doctors, and we finally went got to a specialist in Augusta, and he recommended us go to MUSC in Charleston, South Carolina. They done a biopsy in Charleston, and Kim uh, was either told she had uh, lymphoma or gosh, I can't remember now. It, was, it could be, it could have been another, it could have been something else, and not not as serious. So. And we, we continued to, to follow up with all the procedures and the testing. And, and uh, a couple of weeks went by, sitting in the doctor's office to wait to hear the final results of all the biopsies. And the doctor comes in, and she has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And out of the two uh, lymphoma or Hodgkin's lymph, uh, lymphoma cancer, hers was, was the most aggressive. Hers was the one that was most likely to come back uh, after after treatment, and I can remember the faces, our faces of each other that day, and it's like we're going through all this again the next year, and uh, so, but we, we, you know, I knew 
we, we were different this time. We were different. We, we trusted in God. We, we, our faith was a lot stronger, but we were still growing. And I can remember, you know, Kim's going to check. She's going to check. She's going to get on her phone. She's going to Google the stuff. And she's going to read. And she's going she, to, uh, she got this set up on her phone where she could open up scans that they'd done at the hospital. And she could read the results herself. I don't know what that's called, but she, she, she got that. And I remember waking up one morning, and I was woken up to her bawling, crying in the bed. And uh, I, I can remember what she said. She said, it's all over me. It's all over me. And I was like, oh, gosh. I said, I mean, it, here again, here again, it's, it's hitting me. This is my wife. I, I just don't know what, I just don't. I can't say anything that's going to make her feel any better. You know, uh, I, I don't know what it's like to have a diagnosis of cancer, but I can just, with experience through her, I know it ain't, I just know it ain't good. But uh, I can remember that day, you know, I, I just got out of bed. She said, it's all over me. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. And, you know, like I said, we were growing our faith. Our faith was stronger, but we still had doubt. We still had doubt. I still had doubt. She had doubt. And I remember... I said, the only thing I know to do is go to the Word. That's the only, do. That's the only way I'm going to get any comfort is go to God's Word. And, and I went in the kitchen, and I sat at the table. And when I opened the Bible, I'm sorry I don't have the Scripture. I, I should have it because it, the way it hit me that day, it was like, Rick, it's going to be all right. Just settle down. It's all good. Don't worry. I got this. He got that. She is healed right now, right now today, because he got that from her. He he took it out of her just like I just went in there and just cut. I mean, she she is healed by the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. Without a doubt, without a doubt in my mind. And and, and yes, he, praise God, because that's that's all there is to it. That, that, you know, well the doctors do I said, no, Jesus Christ healed my wife. You can say what you want to say about the doctors. What well, God gave the doctors the power to take it out of it. Whatever you want to say, it came from Jesus Christ. You can say what you want to say, but I know where it comes from. I trust in him. I trust in him. He delivered her. He delivered her. She's here today. She's, she's cancer-free, and it ain't coming back. I just, I just can't... I, I'm back. <laughs> but it's just, oh, it's just amazing how God brings us in those moments like that, you know, to just like, you know, I just trust in me. Just trust in me. I got you. I got you. But you know, we always tend to doubt. We always we always tend to doubt. We just uh we gotta fight against that. We we gotta fight against that. We gotta trust in him and we gotta pray and just continue, continue to just give God everything we got. I'm going to continue to read on in verse 12. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathering and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and his servant named Rhoda. I want to say Rhonda. It says Rhoda in my Bible anyway. Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. And verse 15 says, you're out of your mind, they told her. You're out of your mind. Peter's not at the door. Yes, he is. God delivered Peter out of the prison. Got to get a hold of that, y'all. Yes, he is. 
Don't be out of your mind. Don't be out of your mind. When you're standing somewhere around 10 or 15 people and God says, what happened to your wife? Well, she had cancer. Well, man, them doctors, I said, no, Jesus Christ delivered my wife from cancer. Don't, I don't want to get crazy with it, but I don't want to get mad and I don't want to get frustrated, but don't tell me I believe that my God can do this and I know that he can do this. You have got to have that trust and faith in Christ. It must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Praise God. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and describe how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and he left for another place. And, you know, I just, I just want to go back to verse 5. Uh, so Peter, would, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly, earnestly praying for God. And another, you know, I, I can sit up here and talk all the talk or tell you all the, you know, my life events, but, but God's word is better than my word. And, and we had just done this reading a few weeks ago in our connect group, and it really, it, it, it's like the more I read and the closer I get to Christ, the more I want to cry. You know, it's just I can't, it's like an uncontrollable, the Holy Spirit just working in me. But uh, when Jesus was in Gethsemane, and he would, you know, when Jesus was about to be arrested, uh, I, I read up and was looking into this, and there was a condition, there's a condition called, I can't say it right, but I'm going to try it, hematohydrosis, hematohydrosis. Jesus was, Jesus was praying, and Jesus had so much sorrow, he was sweating blood. That night, that cold, that out there in the, in the, in the, in the my driveway at our house, when I cried out to God, I felt like I was sweating blue. I felt like that, I was just, I just, you about to just cut my legs off. I mean, I was just as hopeless as I could be. And uh, I want to read this, uh, this scripture here where Jesus is praying. And I want to talk about this, uh, this condition because it's very rare. But they said, you know, it was said that Jesus had this condition at that time. And then it's in Matthew, or I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. Mark 14, verse 32 is where I'm at. Uh, they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My soul is overwhelmed with the sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Hematohydrosis. No, it's literal. When a person is under extreme physical or emotional duress, duress blood vessels can rupture. If they rupture in the brain, it's called a stroke. If the capillaries around the sweat glands rupture and let blood seep into the sweat glands and eventually through the sweat pores, it is called hematohydrosis. I guess I'm saying this right, y'all. It should be noted that this rare but documented medical condition leaves the skin extremely sensitive, and this would have aggravated the pain Jesus felt in the ensuing hours. I mean, that just makes me, that just makes me want to cry, man. I just When I think about how Jesus was just in that condition at that time, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet know what I will, yet know what I will, but what you will. 
what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon said to Peter, are you asleep? Would you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. I mean, there are so many scriptures in the Bible, y'all, about prayer. I can sit here and pull out just these few, but I mean, it's all in the Bible. Prayer is serious. Couldn't you keep watch for one hour, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation? Oh, yeah, that's, that just kind of, yes. Armor. I think about the armor of God. I think about weapons in a war. I think about prayers being my weapon. I think about prayers being my armor that shields me from sin. You see sin or you see temptation, get on your knees and pray that God delivers you from that. Get on your knees right there. Don't waste time. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'm going to pray this afternoon. If you feel God telling you to get on your knees and pray, get on your knees and pray. I was a bad alcoholic for a long time. I was a bad, I was, I was bad. I did what I call a lot. I, I felt like I could handle two or three drinks of beer and get up and come to church on Sunday morning, but I couldn't do that. I'm not saying alcohol is, 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 is something that is going to send you to hell, but in my heart, it was for me. And I, I can remember, I can remember sitting in my office at work one day and I got on my knees out of my chair and I said, God, I can't do this. I said, I cannot quit this addiction on my own. I said, God, crying, I said, God, you have got to take this from me because I cannot take this addiction away from my body physically on my own. He took the taste out of my mouth. He took the taste out of my mouth. I can go anywhere now. I can talk to anybody, and I can be, it can be sitting wherever you want to sit. You can sit in the cup. It does not affect me anymore. He took the taste out of my mouth, and I'm, I love that. That's just, you know, that's just how God works. If you pray for it, be ready because he's going to do it. If it's in his will, he's going to do it. So be ready for that. I'm just jumping all off track. I'm sorry. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When, the, when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning to the third time, he said to them, Are you still asleep and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man will be delivered to the hands of sinners. Pray. 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 I, 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 I tell Mr. Nick, Miss Joyce, sometimes we, we have prayer team right before service. Me, Mr. Nick, Miss Joyce, and Jeremy, and I just feel the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's presence so much, some, so many times back there. I said, let's just hold hands, let's keep praying, and let's just walk into the sanctuary. Let's just walk into the sanctuary, and let's just let's just let's just keep on rolling with it. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, just get out of the way, cause it's on. It's on like neck bone. I mean, just be ready. And a lot of times, I feel like you know. If you're obedient and your heart's in it and you're praying, the Holy Spirit's going to show up. I, mean, I, I, just, I just believe that with all my heart. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm standing here right now today and not on my own, not on my own power because I, I cannot do this on my own. I'm here. I believe the Holy Spirit is giving me the power to stand up here and say these, word, say these words to y'all and, and read this scripture to y'all without falling down on the floor just crying. Uh, I'm getting, getting close on time. Never would have thought that. Thought I was gonna be real short. But I got one more thing, one more scripture that I wanted to. It's in Ephesians 6. I want to close with this. Because this is what God really, 
really, really spoke to me this week. And I'm sorry if this offends you. I'm sorry if it steps on your toes a little bit, but that's what the word does. And I'm just reading it because it's here. And you like it or don't, but I'm going to read it and we're going to talk about it. And it's, it's the truth because the Bible says it is the truth. So in Ephesians 6, verse 4, fathers, I'm calling out fathers today. I'm calling out husbands today. I'm calling out boyfriends today. Men, I want to call out the men today. I want to challenge the men today. Ephesians 6, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. Fathers, fathers, I don't pray enough for my kids. We want to see the church change. We want to see the schools change. We want to see the government change. We want to see the United States change. Fathers need to get up and pray and lead your household. We got to do that, fathers, husbands, men. We got to do that. The word says so. It's right here in verse 6. I mean, chapter 6, verse 5. Fathers, fathers. And I know it hits on wives and children, but right now, God convicted me to bring this up. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Training, training, pray, read your Bible. Sit at the table at night at supper and talk about Jesus Christ. Don't talk about Facebook. Don't talk about uh, SpongeBob or don't talk about whatever all this junk is on TV now. Talk about Jesus Christ. Put that word in your family. Put that word in your wife. Put that word in your children where they can go out and they can spread the gospel and the kingdom can grow. Also in, in Ephesians 6, I wanted to share in verse 18. I'm going to go back to verse 10 because it says the armor of God. The armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We got a mighty God. We ain't got a weak God. We ain't got a God that sits over here in the corner. We got a mighty God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil's always trying to get us, y'all. You got to get up got to fight against that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark dark world I'm gonna say dark twice because it's, 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 it's this world's turning y'all again against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground stand your ground man that just gives me man that makes you just want to take off running just run into something stand your ground fight against Satan and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the belt of truth, God's word, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. I mean, this is just like war. This is like a, woo. I just want to, mm. which which you can extinguish all the flaming airs of the evil one. Take the helm. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is the Word of God. And pray. That's what I had in line. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Gosh, it just talks about praying so much. Pray. Pray. Get out of here today. When you go to, when you go to wherever you're going to go, Dairy Queen, Amherst, wherever, Pray. I don't care if there's 10 or 15 of y'all at the table. Stand up at the table, hold hands, and pray. Show people that we love Jesus. Quit holding back. Quit just, ooh, just let it go. Let it go and see what happens. Be ready. Let it go and see what happens.
Pray also for me that whenever I speak, y'all must have prayed for me today. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly. Fear is a liar. Y'all know the song, fear is a liar. Don't be scared. I heard, and I remember saying this a lot of times. Man, I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. I can't, I can't do it. I, I mean, I say it, I say it, I said it, said it this morning. Fear is a liar. Fear didn't come from Christ. He delivers us from it. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fear, will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should, as I should. He's commanded us to do this. He's commanded us to get up. He's commanded us to go out in our community. He's commanded us to love on people, disciple people. Love, disciple, share the love of Christ. Pray. Y'all just quit holding back. Pray. It's not that hard. We all think it's so hard to pray. Just pray. Just talk to God. He's right there with you. Just talk to Him. Just talk to Him. Quit holding back. I'm going to close this out in a prayer right here, but I, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to do going to do prayer right here. I'm going to open up with prayer at the end. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just, uh, God, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you for how it spoke to me in the past week. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people in here, Lord. I just pray as I'm standing here right now, today, God, I proclaim your name as our Lord and Savior. And God, and I ask that right now that uh, the the chains and, and the shackles and, and whatever, the, the iron that's holding our legs and our hands down from praying, God, I pray to be set free right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit can move freely in this room. God, I pray for the ones that are sitting here that feel like they, that you're speaking to them, that they just don't want to get up. God, they just let go of that and they give it to you, Lord, because you are so worthy, God. You, you, you're here for us. You love us and you want to see us come home and uh, sit beside you, God. I pray, Lord, God, that the sin be bound Today, God, I pray that uh, sin can be set free today in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just ask, God, that you continue to work in my life. You continue to work in this church, God, and we can, we can just be obedient. We can be fearless in prayer and, and have on the armor and protection of what your word says, God. And I just, God, I just can't thank you uh, enough, and I, I just give you all the glory. God, you, you just, I just can't, I can't get enough of it. I, I just thank you for that, Lord. I just give you all the honor and praise Lord I just pray again God that, that that this church won't hold back that we can be set free we can be set free in prayer and we can be, we can be set free in your word and what your word says God that, that you love us and uh, you're here for us and uh, God we just love you in the name of Jesus thank you amen if God's speaking to you today don't sit in the chairs of God speaking to you today. If you got some sin you're dealing with, if you, you feel like God's speaking to you today about salvation, come to me or just 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 don't just don't sit on this, y'all. Get up and move, okay? Get up and move. Because time is short. We all think we got tomorrow. You don't know when you when you walk through these doors out here, you get in your vehicle and you get on that road. That's one of the most dangerous things we do is uh is people is we get in a vehicle. And we think we got we got it. We got it all under control. I got this. I'll come back next Sunday and I'll get saved. I'll come back next Sunday and, and I'm going to change my life then. No, do it now. If God's telling you, if God's tugging at your heart, do it today. Don't, don't wait. 
and put it off because we don't know we don't know the next minute we don't know the next second thank y'all for being patient and listen listen to me Babylon up here I love y'all